everyone. Um, my name is Jacob Afotong. I'm the host of Doors Within Us podcast. Um, this is the third episode of our series with uh, the African Diaspora Network and, um, you know, profiling the entrepreneurs within the African Diaspora Network, Builders for Africa's Future. Um, and today I'm really blessed to be here with Sister Rose. Uh, Sister Rose, uh, thank you so much for being here. And um, if you don't mind, just tell us who Sister Rose is, um, and you know we can we can learn a little bit more about you know who Sister Rose is. So please, can you? Hello, dear viewers. I'm glad to meet you and to say who I am, Sister Rose. Sister Rose Tumito is a Ugandan. I hail from the northern part of Uganda. Um, I come from a very good Catholic background and hail from a humble peasant family. How I grew, I grew as a child who is very obedient to the parents' guidance. And so I learned how to do domestic work, do farming, and as I grew up, I continued studying in the upcountry village schools. And while I started, I was introduced to Catholic faith. I received my Holy Communions and continued growing. I saw there was a good club of Legion of Mary where elders collect even children every Sundays, they would pray with them some rosary and they, they teach some good Catholic practices, some good values of how to care for the poor, visiting the sick and all that. And this continued, this practice continued while I was still a young child in primary. As I continued uh, with the, my studies, uh, some sisters, also visited my home. They picked interest to take me to study in their boarding school. And my parents said, if I like to leave home, I'm free to go with them. And I liked to go with the sisters. And that's how I eventually was taken to their school. I studied and on raising secondary, I also joined some other clubs like Uganda Red Cross, uh, YCS. Now, this kind of association kind with the already what had joined us earlier, Legion of Mary, there is something in common with them of humanity, care for the humanity, care for the needy. So already that builds some spirit of charity in me. No wonder when I raised uh, my secondary studies, but I had initially as a young child, after my first Holy Communion, desire to become a nun. Mm -hmm. But I fear mm -hmm. to mention it because mm -hmm. I saw there are so many stages to go through. I have to study, complete P7 secondary school, knowing that I didn't come from very strong financial background. I imagine I would not reach my secondary studies and people would laugh at me that I failed. So eventually, in the, along the way, um, I had an aunt who was also religious. She saw that 
I showed interest in education. So she asked one of a relative priest to support my education because I was uninterested. And eventually I, I expressed my, in, my interest of joining nunhood. He let me free to go to my interest. I went to the formation and I had made a choice to become a Franciscan sisters. Why Franciscan? Because I kept seeing, following the background of the different congregation, how they, they started. But of the few I came across, I love the spirituality of St. Francis because what attracted me towards following this particular congregation is the spirit of uh, his spirituality of caring for the poor and the needy. Simply because being a Red Cross member or wise years and Legion of Mary, there was that, there was something in common of care for the needy, care for the needy. But I didn't know why all that, but there was a passion, a call towards that. Eventually I became a sister in, in, in 97 and I understood the concept of who a nun is and the charism of this congregation is to care for the poor and the needy. And so I found myself caring for people with disabilities and many other, many other vulnerable groups we came across. And I learned that the founder of this congregation, Mother Mary Kevin, as I'm speaking, is the servant of God. Uh, she followed the charism and spirit of St. Francis. And so for me, that aligned with my interest, my, with my spirit, and it, it kept me going. Now as a sister, I started and graduated my first degree in, in 2007. So again, I was put to work with a, a group of vulnerable group uh, people. Like I worked as a diocesan HIV focal person, meaning that I reached out to the people who are sick with HIV and AIDS, and I tried to counsel them to, be, to live positive lives and see how they can support them, each other, not to see that life has ended. And I did that in a period of one and a half year. Then I was again given another responsibility of becoming a hospital administrator. So I went to a hospital which was dilapidated after 20 years down the road of war, the sisters existence in that hospital was not felt, and now we are coming back as refugees. So I had to put things right. So all those were experiences for me as a young sister. And I saw that the passion I had taking this responsibility in such a very kind of hard to reach Resources were not there, but we went with all the zeal. So we attracted attention of people. Many people started identifying with us, ready to bring support, 
to repair this hospital. So it was again very exciting. And I, had, I set a goal in the next like three to five years, this hospital must be well functioning. Within three years, we reached a point of even starting to attract intern students from abroad. I remember one time uh, I hosted two students from UK who came for internship in that hospital. For me, that again gave me a joy that um, we are making some impact in some people's lives. So eventually time came, there was need for human resource in other bigger hospitals somewhere. Again, I was taken to go there and another person came and replaced me in this hospital. To go there, that hospital was in like two years time was to make a hundred years of existence, meaning it was old. Everything within that facility was old. And in my presence, the buildings were collapsing. Mm. They were not donors. So I was like, during my time, the hospital are collapsing. The mothers will be dying with their children. They will say, who was administrator at that time? So I had to work hard to see that uh, we attract a possible potential donors, friends to come to the board. And eventually they came. The government, local institutions, the friends of that hospital locally and actually internationally, people from UK and America who had known this hospital, they came and saw the needs and collective efforts were put together that within one year, I saw a lot of support came on board, funds were being raised, I noticed there is going to be a lot of fundraising. I've attracted people at all level. How skillful am I? What language do I speak? I saw knowledge gap in me. I said I must speak professional language and do the right thing that I will not be taken advantage of by, you know, in Africa sometimes there are smart people who will come to help you and at the same time they can rob you of what we wanted to see that the hospital is rebuilt and facelifted. So when the, the different leadership committees were established and what the donors needed is good leadership in the place, the board of governors were there. So the construction committees followed all the protocols. What were required were we ensure that were observed. So eventually, we took off. I'm telling you, God worked wonders. As I'm speaking, the hospital was facelifted. And I said, I told my friends, we need also good um, guest house so that when we have visitors come to work, we can attract them, they have where to stay. So there was then um, charity fund open in the UK to run, to fundraise, to see that a good amount of money was collected to, to do this work, 
So we started the work in phases. While all that started being on progress, I said the next thing is, I will not blame anybody that this and that is going on wrong. I decided to request to upgrade myself, to acquire some leadership skill, some managerial skill, so that I'm able to measure my, my way of relating and communicating with the, the people we have attracted on board. And that I did it even against the support of anybody because where they say there is no fund, we can't support you. I had to go my own way. I started doing like making liquid soap and I, I request the hospital to, to buy so that that money I would use for paying my study for this course. And I did it. Mm -hmm. wow. <laughs> I completed the studies. And another interesting thing was that, you know, being a hospital, we attract many visitors. Yes, yes. And one visitor came on board, said, you see, you are heading a hospital with a, a training school. <laughs> How would you like this hospital to be in the next three, five years time? Because already that school had spent 50 years <laughs> by producing nurses or midwives who completes at certificate level. I said in the next three to five years, I would like to see that we are producing certificates of diploma holders mm -hmm. so that they are able to, pro to provide quality service to the community. Mm -hmm. So that meant that there should be needs of in upgrading that place. So this visitor came from America. She was impressed with that sharing. She decided to record me because she said, your idea needed to be shared by so many people so that it can be supported, but you cannot go out. In the meantime, can I record you? I said, why not? Go ahead. Then she recorded me. She went back to America, put it on the website. So one time, uh, a, a, there was a lady in America who won an award, and she was, uh, she was allowed to use that money anywhere in the world but within six months. So when she had my talk, she said, that is where I want to go and spend my money. Mm. Then she got, she was linked with me and she contacted me. She came to Uganda and we followed all the protocol needed to see that within six months, that school was upgraded to, dip, to diploma holder. I'm telling you, God worked his miracle. In the next four months, school was opened after all the protocols we have followed. And incidentally, the principal of that school had gone for her, her upgrading. She was doing her master. But because this was a hospital, we had all the system, strong board. We followed all the protocols. And I was very happy that that was done. And as I'm speaking, this is almost the 50 years of existence of that hospital. 
that school producing diploma holders. And I think it's something I feel, yeah, that was uh, a good experience, something given to the community that improves people's life, a quality service to the people. And I feel happy about it. Then after that, immediately I left that place, transfer, you know, our life is like our soldiers had to go to another service elsewhere. And uh, I went to serve our old sisters, you know, they are those homes where they are retired um, people. So for us, we have retired home for our sisters who have served our congregation and they are now resting. You go and serve them. And I had good experience again with them. So after that time, after one year, again, I went elsewhere for another deployment whereby I was told to manage a farm. I had actually feared how from the hospital, how do I start managing things like chicken or farm? So I was afraid that when the chickens will die, how will I account that, you know, they have died? I had fear of failure. I never register failures easily. So I feared to take the responsibility. And in the context of our religious life, it can also be misinterpreted. Mm -hmm. Either you are being stubborn or disobedient, those kind of things. Then after a year, I reflected on my actions of fear to take up this assignment. And I felt challenged. It questioned, actually it questioned even my vocation, my position. I took one year again to go and reflect and pray about everything about my life. This is like 21 years of service in the Institute. I reached a point of like a crossroad. What next? I needed a rest. So after a rest, I came to in terms with everything that's surrounding me. And I, I felt, yeah, I'm ready now to face my fear. When I came back to my leaders, I was asked, are you ready to take something new? I asked myself, uh-huh, back to the same point. This time, no saying no. I, my answer was yes. So I was told, okay, we go and start farming. I said, yes, I'm ready. So that is where we started from to raise to this journey where you are meeting me. Mm, that's amazing. Uh, it's, yes, that's... it's all about being a farmer mm -hmm. and to understand the season mm -hmm. and develop some passion about it. So, now, in 2020, you need to stop me by the way, because <laughs> no. my story can be an ending. Can we stop? No, I, I think the next question was to ask, you know, so how did you get into Mother Kevin Providence Social Enterprise, which you just did? Uh, because, you know... Yeah, oh, I'm now starting to eat. <laughs> that is... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So now, in 20, around 2020, the superior generals and the secretary general of 
you know, we have association of consecrated, association of religious within East and Central Africa with its headquarters in uh, in Nairobi. Okay. My superior general was the president by then. Mm-hmm. So they had a meeting in Rome with Pope. I think they were discussing about the sustainability of religious congregation in Africa. Mm-hmm. How would religious sustain their, their evangelization and their institute yeah. in the events when things are changing like this, the don- there is donor fatigue, how sustainable are, are we? In their discussion, they came up with a number of strategies of how religious can be sustainable in Africa. Yes, they discovered the resources they have. They have the human resource, the personnel, they have land and other underutilized resources. And they came back home to identify people who have the passion, who can do these little things and transform them into meaningful activities and even transforming our charity works into business, into business, if I can say, in order to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, my, our farm, we had started with some two, five chickens. Yes. So when mother came back and shared with us this idea, we're like, yes, we can try. Mm-hmm. And so Miller Center in America of Santa Clara, yeah. in their meeting in Rome, followed up the sisters that they can work closely to see how they can support the sisters too, yeah. to enter into social entrepreneurship. Yes. And they started identifying the success story personnel who had already learned entrepreneurship put into practice and they were supposed to share with us their experiences in order for us also to learn from them and they mentor us Mm -hmm. so we came that is a direction that led us to meet uh, one of the young entrepreneur by then called mark Mm -hmm. he's matt matt started eggpreneur Mm -hmm. in machakos and he does well in the rural there Mm-hmm. Yes, impacted the lives of people. So he became one of unidentified personnel to mm-hmm. mentor us. Mm-hmm. So Akweka picked up um, this program mm-hmm. and then identified congregations to start with. Okay. We were identif- we were identified, and we said, given our space, the resource we have. We live in rural urban city. We yeah. can manage farming and poultry. Mm-hmm. Then some sisters, some sisters identified that they can do coffee and other things. So we started with the poultry. And coming back to our charism, our charism is to live the life of gospel to the fullness, following the footstep of Jesus Christ. We St. Francis did, and Mother Kevin, our founder, reached out to the vulnerable members of the society with the compassion, empowering the, those with the leprosy, healing them, providing home to the homeless. So we said, we can live our charism using Sisters Blended Valley Project to sustain the sisters first, 
to see that sisters are able to sustain their charism, take care of themselves, their basic needs, and use this model as an, a, a, a way of evangelizing the community, mm -hmm. that we can reach out to the community and empower them with the similar skills that we are acquiring. We, I, we then identified a vulnerable group of vulnerable groups of women, single mothers who are equally suffering, and some of them are HIV and positive. They live miserable life. Mm -hmm. So we needed to kind of uplift them. Yep. Um, of course, they are not the only vulnerable groups. We also have other young people, people who are now in the ghetto world, the lost city. And then we have young girls who are out of school because of COVID, they became parents unpreparedly. So mm -hmm. all these people are surrounding us. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to begin with the single mothers and the young people. Yes, yes. And we then brought them on board, uh, sold, shared with them this concept mm -hmm. of uh, Sisters Blended Value Project, which is actually uh, entering entering into social enterprise mm -hmm. through poultry, the model of poultry, mm -hmm. and to see that how can we uh, improve our livelihood, how can we take care of our environment, how can we fight poverty, how can we uplift our human dignity through this approach. So we brought them, we had already kick-started. They, they saw what we were doing. They could now admire and see that if sisters are doing the same, we could also do similar work. Exactly. So we organized them in leadership training yep. that they identified their own leadership. And then we empowered them. Then we also encourage them how they can do resource mobilization, even when they are unable, exactly. when they are not financially strong, mm -hmm. when and whenever they meet, they should be able to contribute something like 5,000 or 1,000 or 2,000, depending on their capability, which they decided to take. And they started contributing every time they meet, they keep their money. Mm -hmm. So that is how their club started. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. So, it's, when a visitor comes by, pass by, and they get to know about what we are doing, then we share what, how we are doing, and the situation we are living in. Yep. That is all how it it began. Yes, yes. And sister Rose, another question. Yes, sister. Yes, sister Rose. Um. So in in this uh enterprise. How long does someone take uh, to go through the program? And how do you, um, I mean, before that, please, if you can answer this, how, how, do you, how do you select the people that get into this training leadership slash, you know, mentoring program? Is it just, um, you know, first come, first serve? Or, you know, you guys have a, a curriculum, sorry, a, a selection process that you pick out uh, candidates, you know, single mothers and all that? Because I'm, I assume that many people that would love to get into the enterprise, 
And if you can please ask secondly, how long does it take to stay in the program? Is this a lifetime program or is this it's a time limit where after six months you need to show some results and stuff like that? Thank you. That is a very good question. How do we select? How do we determine who is to join the group? Yes. Remember, we are identifying the vulnerable groups, okay. the poor women. Mm-hmm. By virtue of their status, they need support. Mm. So we sell the idea. Yes. Because some of them work with us, we support them. Mm-hmm. By like if we are doing farming, or there is one lady who is called Agnes. She's a single lady mm-hmm. and mother and sick. Mm-hmm. We brought her closer to us. Mm-hmm. We even provide her employment. Like she's a good tailor, she can show our clothes. So we said, could you identify people of your level? who needs to, who can accept to work together as a team. Got you. Then you, if you are ready, mobilize yourself, we meet. So she became the spokesperson and organized, identified her colleagues in the community. Hmm. And they came to us, the sisters, we sold to them the idea of uh, the importance of forming a group when you are in a strong group, how you can support yourself? How can you be sustainable? How you can raise your voice together to be heard? Yep. Because you are, when you are alone, even your needs cannot be heard. Exactly. That is the basis. So we introduce them to the concept of social enterprise. Mm-hmm. We told them you can do anything based on the resources you have. But for us, we, we, we are starting with the poultry. Mm-hmm. So they showed interest then. Yes. We told them before we can go any further, among yourself, you know yourself in the community. Mm-hmm. Identify, formulate your leadership team. Mm-hmm. But these are, the, these are the position we want to have. Yep. We want you to have the chairperson, the vice, the treasury, and the secretary. And they also came up with the mobilizer mm-hmm. and a patron. So those are the, the positions they came up with in that same meeting. So when they, they, they came, a big number. So after they identified their leadership team, yep. we went ahead with our meeting. And then we started the meeting from there. We tried to sensitize them about the social enterprise what they can do to improve their diet, their nutrition, their income. And for those who are unemployed, what can they do to create employment for themselves? And we're kind of like uh, bringing a a mindset change from, because these are people who depend on begging. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to change the mindset from begging to to initiative creating and identifying the the resources available exactly. and what maybe they had never thought of doing from what they have. So that was the concept that we learned and wanted to share with them. And for us, that was the evangelization. Exactly. How do we reach to the community and impact their life? Mm, exactly. And in all, 
in all. Mm -hmm. The way we started with no capital. They themselves also didn't have the starting capital. But because of the approach, their money kept growing gradually mm -hmm. from the little bits they keep adding. And for us also, we kept going. We get support from our leadership, our superior general, who was, who was very passionate about this uh, uh, Sisters Blended Valley project. Mm -hmm. And she kept supporting us and other savings from the community. They kept giving to help us like kickstart and bring this dream to the reality. And to tell you the truth, when we started, in the next six months, we would be able to realize that when you buy chicken, chicken can grow within like broilers within two months. You have sold and you can realize your profits or losses. But if it is layers, it can take more than four months before you can start receiving the eggs and all that. So for us, our process was taking broilers, the one of short term. Mm -hmm. We even went far and I identified key hotels within Ginger. Mm -hmm. Ginger is near the source of the Nile. Yes. It has so many hotels, yeah. attracts so many visitors. So there is market and there is high population. Yeah. And our yeah. approach is to use organic, mm -hmm. organic way of raising chicken, mm -hmm. meaning we mind of the health and also taking care of our environment, mm -hmm. that then the, the, the waste from the poultry mm -hmm. are taken back to the garden. And perhaps, you know, it keeps recycling to improve the, the circle. Mm -hmm. This is our approach, which we encourage the women to start. When they followed it and they raised their chicken, hotel wanted more. Mm -hmm. So the production became small again. We couldn't meet the demands. Then shortly, COVID came on board. We all went to shut down. Yeah. When actually we had bought over 2,000 birds and time came that there was no market. Hotel could not buy because they were not receiving visitors. There was no movement. So all this tantamounted to a total loss. I'm, I'm telling you as we are talking, yeah. we have not lost our dreams. We still have strong vision to again start from where we, the COVID found us. Yeah. As a matter of fact, some people followed us, local organization. Mm. They said, we like what you are doing, uh, but you don't have the money. Mm -hmm. We can give you loan, but at in no interest. That was the, the, another entry of how to start again mm -hmm. after the COVID. Yeah. Yep. I see the internet is becoming stubborn again. I hope it will not cut us. <laughs> Would you like to ask another question? Yes. Oh, I continue. No, I think, um, yeah, I think I wanted to really understand how the enterprise works. And um, I know, unfortunately, COVID made things very difficult. Um, Think for now um uh, i'm curious as to um what are the support you have received so far 
how how are you thinking about i mean with the african diaspora network which you are part of as the africa builders um, builders of africa's future what are some of the support you have gotten and how can people support support you as you're rebuilding um um we need financial support once we have money we can scale up our projects and i have realized that we need now to go diversification we don't need only to rely on poultry because of so many other factors in terms of high inflation high price rise and all etc if if poultry fails we would be able to reap from maybe plantation of maize cassava banana plantation vegetable horticulture fruits etc and in fact if we have money we can even open a very big hotels where we can put our investment investment for the women group investment for the sisters group yeah. and i'm happy to tell you that just last week there is another organization who followed us up from local. They want to support us to keep going. Mm -hmm. They have given one week's training for the women group yep. on financial management, on how, what it means for women in business. How can they make money? Mm -hmm. How can they, what are the challenges mm -hmm. and the benefit in the business? So in other words, they were being trained how to start business and how to mitigate the risk and proper planning. Mm -hmm. This was given by this other friend of ours who followed us and who is going to give loan for the women. Mm -hmm. um, loan, which is 2 million point three, but with the no interest. Is Uganda shilling? Yeah, Ugandan shilling. This is this is taken as a last resort, but they don't like it because there can be many factors that can come on board and they fail to raise it so fast. It may bring again stress. Yep. But if the ADN comes on board, the major aspect here is just the capital yep. to enable this group to, to start their business. Mm -hmm. Because the group we have here is a very vibrant one. Mm -hmm. This group of women are very vibrant. Again, the women are divided into categories. Yep. There is these young mothers, the young girls, mm -hmm. who during COVID also became pregnant. Mm -hmm. They have been frustrated, pushed in corner. Mm -hmm. So they, they have to be supported. They have to be counseled. Mm -hmm. We also develop curriculum. Mm -hmm. Uh, curriculum, trauma curriculum, mm -hmm. guidance to counsel them, to heal them. Yes. So our approach has been that we have been meeting with them to see that they, they get healed. Yep. Then after which they now come up with a clear mind, what next into their lives. Mm -hmm. And we had reached to a point of what next. Then I, uh, I found myself like I'm like them because I'm like a dog, a toothless dog. You cannot bite the, 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 the bones. You cannot even bark at any enemies because you don't have the money 
to give them at certain point i feel like what am i doing with these people mm-hmm. but at one point i put a, a pause they called me they said sister when are you coming to teach us we need the lesson come back and teach us mm. that again motivated me mm-hmm. because i realized that the lesson is doing something into their lives exactly exactly yeah. i'm happy to say that two among them when school opened went back to school that's good which was very good and for the rest who are settled in their homes they have expressed interest of how to be supported with some money to run their business to keep going to 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 sustain themselves into the new lives okay. so those are the people who needs money and also they are with these categories of the young people the ghetto boys mm-hmm. where we stay they are just right on our wall mm-hmm. so one time i risked them i wanted them to also have a, a mind a mindset mm-hmm. of transformation okay. that the life they are living is not right mm-hmm. we reached to a point where they they started coming up with the constructive idea mm-hmm. they want now to also start their own small businesses yep. some of them have skills they just lack capital yep. now all of them need money yes. now this group because we reached a point where they want the money mm-hmm. there is no money i and to be i don't know how to say but i'm it's true i'm trying to avoid them mm-hmm. because they don't have the money yep. but all these people they are just they are ready mm-hmm. to take a new transformation into their lives exactly, exactly. yeah exactly so um i, I guess um I mean with with programs like African Diaspora Network I'm guessing um they can be some channel of funding that can come through right um and maybe on this podcast so you can help share the stories so that people can be aware of what you're doing and you know potentially uh, reach out to you to get this uh, funding going I I hope so um that will be great no I, i think i think i think that's something that i'm praying for and i think it will be a great way to um kind of you know bring people to the 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 realization that you know sometimes we need people like you sister rose to get into the community uh and you know if we can be a support uh, in any way possible uh, that will go a long way to transform lives in 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 uganda and by the way i've been to uganda so i have some idea of what you are talking about i've not been to ginger i've been to um, barara and kampala so okay you're welcome <laughs> so um so just to uh so um so 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 far can you just share uh as we kind of round up the episode here um what are, what is something that you would tell young people who are trying to start a business right if you can share with me uh, and with the audience well, what is something that you you will wish for people to know about being an entrepreneur um how how should they be thinking and what should they be uh be focused on what should be something that they should put their mind on and really go for it like what are some of the um 
the advice, if I may say, or what are some of the ways people should be thinking about starting a poultry business or starting a, uh, a small business in Uganda or across Africa? Any uh, tips and advice on that? Yes. Yeah, to my friends and any other potential admirer of the social enterprise, I welcome you to this field. This is the best way of living your life, very meaningful. Even if you are a teacher, a doctor, come back and join the world of social enterprise. So if you wish to join social enterprise, it's very easy. It is stress-free. You need to set your time apart. Ha, sit down and plan. Plan what is it that you want to do. See, do you have the resource? And how would you like to do it? Now, also ask yourself, who would you like to, to, to inter, interact with or to do business with? Who is going to be your customer per se? Because social enterprise also deals with the, impacting the lives of the people and also yourself, your life. And there should be also the people if it is like you are going to, to sell products, you need to identify who is going to consume your product or where are you going to sell it from? And of course, which type of product you need to, to identify what type of products you want to engage yourself in. So all this goes under good planning. And so you need to have your good strategy of how you will do it so that you, you, you set your goal yes. to ensure that you achieve it. Yes. And yes. in doing so, you will meet a lot of challenges. There will be challenges. And at times you will find that what you have started actually suddenly is not progressing according to your dream. It will even, if there are things like chicken, like what we are doing can may even die all, will that mean that you will stop? No, you have to remain resilient and have the zeal to, to start afresh, go out and do benchmarking from those who have successfully made it. From them, you learn very good practices and then be able to network with the, so many people who are in the area of your passion. Above all, you must have passion, you must have commitment and ready to work. Don't work because of somebody, but have self-driven spirit. You will make it, and it's very enjoyable mm. to do something. Thank you, oh, Sister Rose. That's a that's good. That's a good uh, um, message. Great message because I'm, I feel inspired to. <laughs> to yeah. I'd love to share that. Is there, um, how can we reach out if people want to contact you? How can they reach out to you to support the enterprise? Um, or I know I'll put in the the the, the link to your, your story through Africa uh, Diaspora Network. But if people wanted to uh, reach out to support, um, would this be on the website still? Um, 
as a social enterprise, we have account for the sisters. Yes. Whoever wants to reach us, we shall give the account okay. Okay. for putting the money. Mm -hmm. If you want to reach me and talk with me, I have my telephone number. I have my Twitter account. I have my page LinkedIn account. I have email, Gmail account. You can reach me in any way possible. Mm. Even you can, you can reach me through Jacob. For <laughs> sure, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Sister Rose, I didn't know you have Twitter. You tweet too? I do, but uh, sometimes uh, I am I'm passive. <laughs> Oh man, that's so funny. Um, you know, it's good. It's good. Connection is good. I didn't know you were in Twitter. LinkedIn makes sense. You know, Twitter is it's a very interesting platform. Um, no, but thank you. Thank you so much. I'll put in the links of your LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and I'll ask people that if you do want to reach out to you, they can reach out to me as well, and the people at the African Diaspora Network. And and the work you're doing is really, really profound. And you know, just you know, you know, I grew up in Cameroon, West Africa, and some of the things you're talking about is something that we experienced back in Cameroon too. And I can personally see how powerful your work with your sisters and through your enterprise can make a huge difference in the local community. So thank you so much, Sister Rose.